All right. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Marvelous Misadventures of John and Tom. I'm John. I'm Tom. And we're going to talk about video games today. So to pick up where we left off last episode, um, we left off with a couple of video games we didn't get to cover. So the first one I want to talk about is Outriders. Um, I'm kind of, I'm pretty excited for it, honestly. I didn't know a thing about it until I saw it. This is basically my reveal trailer because I know nothing about this game. Yeah. So it's published by Square Enix. It's an RPG um, okay. third-person shooter. So like Square Enix, professionals when it comes to yeah. RPG, JRPG genre. And then third-person shooter, I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out, honestly, because like I'm used to seeing them, obviously, like do the Final Fantasy series. Right. The, the, the last good third-person shooter I played was Metal Gear Solid 2, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I haven't really played anything. Like, yeah, I played a little bit of Fortnite. That's kind of, I guess, third-person shooter. Yeah. Yes, no. Um, Battle Royale style. Yeah, so I'm kind of, I'd like to see another third-person. I do miss Gears of War. But I like Square Enix, although I was not, I guess, I am a fan of Final Fantasy, but I just never got into the games. But I like the stories. I will I say, love their character design oh, for absolutely. everything. And their limited edition action figures, too, they did for Star Wars are amazing. Mm -hmm. I will say, I think you should definitely try to get back into Final Fantasy, since I know you started playing D&D like you've been playing yeah. for a little bit. Final Fantasy is essentially D&D in video game form. Like that's, that's I The last Final Fantasy I actually attempted to play through. Yeah was whichever one was on the PlayStation 2, it had Titus in it. Oh, 10. That's actually what my tattoo is. Okay. Yeah. So, really? That's I don't recognize anything. It, that's like his symbol he had on there, and then his father, he had a giant-ass tattoo oh, of okay. it. See, I only got to maybe the like third level, I guess you'd call it, yeah. when you're underwater battling the fish. Oh, I hated I that. That's where you that, quit. That's where people That quit. was the last... Because the only the people you have is Titus and Waka, I yeah. think, in that fight. Yeah. And then you have, like, no equipment. You have barely any supplies because you're just thrown into this battle right. without being told. Like, you don't know. I had no idea it. how to play the game yeah. at that point. I, I know maybe it was because I was young. Maybe it's obvious to some people. Um, that was my first introduction to Final Fantasy, although I've seen people play it on the yeah. PlayStation One. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see I, I want to see something other than Final Fantasy from Square Enix. So okay, so let's talk about it a little bit. So third person shooter with RPG elements. Um, so you're going to create a custom character and choose from one of four classes: Trickster, which is a time manipulator; Pyromancer, obvious; a Devastator, which uh, uses seismic attacks; and then a Techromancer. Technomancer, sorry, which, you know, obviously machinery and stuff. So right. already, I'm sure I have your interest. Yeah, I mean, you had me at Pyromancer. You know me. Yeah. A anything I can always work fire into, I do. So then uh, the game features skill trees, and you use those to enhance your abilities, obviously. Mm -hmm. So already has a good RPG feel to it, along with, like, shooting. Yeah. Um, it has shotguns and rifles, which can be modded in the game. So there's weaponization, yep. yeah. Piqued my interest there. Um, your health only regens when damaging or killing enemies. So you need to be actively playing the game in order to actually like get your health back to what you're doing. That that kind of forces you to get yourself out of the corner. Like, exactly. And it's going to force you to play more aggressive. Yeah. It's not going to have you run not for like, cover like in Gears of War yeah. and stuff like that. It, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's, that's how we play. for some amazing action-packed gaming right there. That's um, a great mechanic. I'm excited to see that. You'll fight both monsters and humans in the game so it's not primarily okay. just one or the other like it'll be like a story-filled game where like you know you might be actually fighting monsters out in the wild or well, if it's it might by square be... enix i would imagine that it's got a final fantasy flair to yeah it. i um, wouldn't imagine that it's as binary i guess as you would say as gears of war would be right where it's just locust where it's an outright like, like war of one versus one right this is more of like open world like you'll find conflict in different situations yes yeah. as you level up the game levels up so, and then as you level up, you'll get rarer and rarer loot. Right. Okay. And then no matter where you go in the world, it'll be leveled to you. So you're not just going to like a lower level place and then getting mm. crappy weapons. Like you can go back there, get like better weapons, like maybe okay. a certain boss, like a certain that. weapon, Yeah. but it'll be your level. Right. So that's a I good like mechanic. That more and more games are doing that, like Borderlands. Because it's smarter. You can, right. It allows you, there's more playability in that. Like, like imagine, I remember. Imagine Borderlands 2 mm -hmm. getting the Hellfire. Yeah. But it's actually your level. Right. Like, it's more useful that way. Right. 
I mean, you had to go all the way to Ultimate Vault Hunter mode to even go back. Exactly. And get scaled weapons. And it's like, and then that's even so that, time-consuming. And, and the drop like, rate doesn't change like it does in 3. Like when you're doing the mayhem levels, you know? Right. But I remember, speaking of the whole the leveling up thing, uh, an RPG I like, Legia 2 Dual Saga. I try to bring that mm. up as much as I can. And you'd have like these really cool weapons whenever you'd create one or you'd find one in a, a treasure chest somewhere. You'd see it in the game. That was like a big deal back in the PlayStation 2. But I remember I had, like, this favorite sword of mine in the game. It had, like, this shiny purple blade. It did poison damage. It was pretty cool. But whenever you made it, it was only, like, level 12. You see a wasp? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Here, everybody gets bees. Look under your chair. Bees! (laughs) You want to know something funny? So I was talking to Amanda, and I was telling her about my prank that I want to do on you. Yeah. And she's like, you know what you should do? You should uh, fill his car full of balloons. And then she's like, she's like, wait, no, we should fill it full of bees. And I'm like, whoa. Wow, that escalated quickly. I'm all for that, but whoa. God damn, you got to pick something that will sting me? Like, I don't mind if you're going to fill my car with bugs. I mean, okay, it's a prank. God, you got to do something so hostile. Bees. <laughs> stung enough by these guys. Um, uh, anyways. Why the hell is it in my apartment? Getting back on topic. Um, so leveling with the game. The game does give you some dialogue options, but does okay. not affect the outcome of the game. Really? Um, so, like, you you will get to have, like, conversations and everything, but, like, it won't affect the direct outcome of, like, the ending of the game. Um, you can play solo, or you can play up to three people with you. Like multiplayer? Yeah. Um, the premise is humans colonize a planet called Enoch, Enoch, and encounter a storm of energy called the Anomaly, which grants people superpowers, but they are searching for a signal from the planet that could save humanity. Hmm. So that's really all I have on it, honestly. But it's still kind of it vague. sounds interesting. Like it, it does. Definitely sounds. I wonder. Very interesting. I want to know how the different classes are going to. Like, do you have to choose your class, and that's what you play through the campaign as, or is it going to be like a story campaign where you have to use all four of them? Was it four or was there more? I don't know. There's four classes. Yeah, there's four classes. So, like, I don't know. Is it going to play like a Final Fantasy game? I don't know. And that's the thing. I haven't seen any, like, gameplay or anything for it. I just saw the game itself. It's um, supposed to be released February of next year. Whether it will be pushed back, I don't know. Square Enix is usually pretty punctual. So, we'll see. But uh, I have high hopes. So, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Like, any thoughts? No, I I have no idea. Well... Yeah. I want to know how the four classes are going to fit in. Are they going to fit in with the story? Do you get to create your character? Do you get to choose so yeah, no, your no. class? You get to create your character and okay. choose your class. Okay. So, so like when you are when you start the game, I don't know if it's going to be like a Skyrim situation or something mm-hmm. like that, where right. it's just like it introduces you to the game and you choose it, or you just start the game and you make your character, then you mm-hmm. jump into the game. I don't know how that's going to You know work? what that starts to sound like? Mm. That starts to sound like too human. Yeah, you have to pick your class. You know, do you want to be human? Do you want to be a who cyborg? Did, who did two human? Who? It bounced around. It was like in development since the nineties. I know. I, I always thought remember. that game looked really cool. And then it didn't come out until the Xbox mm-hmm. three hundred and sixty. Uh, I remember I picked it up. Or actually, my friend Alex picked it up, and then he finished it, and then he let me borrow it. And I played through it a couple times. I chose like different classes, yeah. different weapon builds, and stuff like that. It was interesting, but. As far as everybody was concerned, they thought it was a failure, but failure of a game. See, and that's the thing. Like, I like a lot of those games where you're like, no, it was terrible. I hate it. And I'll play it and I'll be like, I don't know what's wrong with it. Like, Outer Worlds, for example. Yeah. Everyone says it flopped, but I'm just like, I liked it. I had fun. It was a fun game. Was it worth $60? No, I don't think so. Right. But that yeah. doesn't take away from the fact that it's a fun game. There's fun dialogue. There's, and like, there's cool game. I mean, yeah, there's cool weapons. It's, it's and basically like, what Fallout 76 should have been. Uh-huh. Let's not talk about Fallout 76. You can but, buy it on PlayStation right now, I think, for like $5. Really? Yeah. yeah That's I how bad imagine, it is. Yeah, I couldn't imagine people are still playing that. But anyway, uh, yeah, Outer Worlds, I, I don't think it was worth 60 bucks, But it was definitely a fun game, but it was... I feel like it wasn't as big as it should have been. But again, I can see why people didn't like it. Yeah, no. I tried playing 76, and I didn't... It was so open world... And you didn't find anything in the world. Well, they look. I was a huge fan of the Fallout Four, right? So, oh, trust at me, the time, both. at the time, I was playing through Fallout Four like crazy with the settlements, and I was mm-hmm. finding everything, connecting all my supplies chains, and everything like that. 
so I was super excited when they said Fallout 76 could be online. You can visit right. other people's settlements, like right there in the open world. I thought it was going to be amazing. Nope. Then they started introducing the card system where it was like, okay, now they're kind of setting up loot boxes yeah. in a way. And then I started saying like, oh, this is a cash grab game, isn't it? So then I lost hope in it real quick. And then I just watched everybody, you know, and they had the canvas bag problem. You know, I heard about that. And then as soon as that was like top news on video games, I was like, I'm so glad I gave up on that game. I didn't, I didn't buy it. I didn't try it. I never picked it up. I never played it. Um, all right. So we'll move on to the next game we have, Dying Light 2. It was announced back in 2018. And still has yet to get a release date. So far, they haven't said that it's not going to be a thing. So it's still coming out. It's been bouncing around um, companies. So, you know, like, that's a big problem. Well, it hasn't been bouncing around as much as some, like, the Dead Island. Yeah. was supposed to be Dead Island 2. has bounced around the company within Deep Silver, I think, about three times. Um, Dying Light 2... Everything that I'm hearing about it is consistent as far as gameplay and what their vision is. Yeah. And I love it. The different things that happen, the, how the city changes depending on what actions you make. Yeah. Um, the different parkour options now. It's going to play a lot like Mirror's Edge as far as yeah. I saw. But they just keep saying they need more time to polish the game. They need more time to achieve their dream. And they're trying to grow with the technology. You know? <clears throat> so, so I think that's going to be something It's going to fall into the same realm as uh, Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. where it just keeps delaying itself, trying to be the game that it can be. Right. It looks pretty fun. Uh, there's obviously going to be new zombies added. They haven't mm -hmm. gone into, into detail on what those zombies will be, but... I, I don't want to know. Yeah, the, no, the, leave it a surprise. <laughs> the special, yeah, well, that not only that, it, it just scares me, because the special zombies in Dying Light 1, like... The they first just kept night. getting worse. Oh, the first night the was nerve-wracking. I That's the main reason I haven't picked up Dying Light, <laughs> to replay it. I, I maxed out my guy, but then... Uh, like, you literally have terror in your spine running from these things, because you could not beat them your first no. night. You cannot! And I tell you what, there was one day a few years ago, I played the DLC, the new one where you... You went out in the wilderness, and yeah. you got the dune buggy and the grappling hooks and the crossbows. Um, and you come along this sh little shack, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. But then you go in the shack, and you realize somebody has dug a hole through the floor into the ground. So you're going into this cavern, and all of a sudden you hear this one of those uh, zombies, those night zombies, start talking. And it says, help me. It's like, no, it thank hurts. you. And it's like... I slept with the lights on that night. Like every light in my apartment was on that night. Like big because no I you. heard that I was just it sent shivers down the entire every fabric of my body. I slept with the lights on for almost two nights. So I can't imagine how dying light two is going to be. Right, especially at night. So so this game is supposed to take place fifteen years after the first one. So big time skip yeah um supposedly there's going to be double the amount of parkour moves in the game so that's that's a big statement honestly yeah double the amount of parkour moves like i don't know what that's going to include like what that'll entail but like that's pretty impressive if they do actually do that I mean, and it's not some pop you, out yeah let think of all the stuff you can already do in that game. exactly like and you can walk on more. zombies heads you could grapple onto shit like yeah. i I don't, I don't know what they're going to add, but like I'm... At some point, you can glide, too. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what exactly they mean by that. Um, I'm I've nervous seen, and skeptical. I've seen some gameplay, and a lot of the new moves, it looks like it's more along the lines of sliding under things and over stuff, because you're going to be in more of a city. Yeah, so you're going to have gonna more And going to be skyscrapers, space. right. And you can kind of climb the buildings and go through windows and offices yeah. and stuff. A lot of it looks like some dodging and evasive moves. Um, and of course more takedowns because right, you're going to be obviously. on different levels of zombies. So you can be multi level takedowns and, and grab the legs or you drop in from the sky. Yeah. The map is literally four times bigger than the first game. So it may take place in a city like that with skyscrapers and stuff, but it's four times bigger. So there's way more to explore. Yeah. So that's going to be insane. I'd like to see, uh, they don't do this enough anymore. 
Remember where you used to get like the the map sizes, like on the graphs? Yeah. Like when Breath of the Wild first came out. Yeah. You know, Skyrim was really big still. I think it just came out on the PS4 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd see on like Facebook and all the other game developers uh, pages, they'd have graphs of different map sizes that just shows you how big they are. I'd like to see a comparison between Dying Light 1 and 2. If they're seeing, saying it's going to be four times, you said? Yes. Because it was still, it's kind of impressive, the especially the city map in Dying Light 1. Right. There's a lot to explore there. And then like you were saying, like your decision, your decisions can affect the story. Um, you can actually destroy or save factions, like mul- the multiple factions in the story, and affect gameplay throughout, kind of like a uh, Fallout kind of thing, where like you can choose a side you want to stay on and completely eradicate another yeah. side. Yeah. Which is, I love that in games. That's so great. Early on, when they announced this game, uh, like you said, it was announced kind of a while ago. Yeah. Um, I watched somebody, I think it was at an E3 or something. I was watching a live stream of it. Sure. They were actually showing like, I don't know, 25 minutes of Dying Light 2 gameplay. Yeah. And they're actually doing a mission, like a story mission. So you got you got a feel for the story. And what they highlighted in this is they chose a story where you had these two different people, two like factions, like they said. One faction is kind of yours. They're like your people. Yeah. Um, and the other one is just you want to team up with these guys to survive. But okay. it's kind of like they've... But are they, like, opposing? Or they, like... they have a history. Okay. Okay. So anyway, without giving away too much, your character is kind of... You You feel like you know this guy. He's your, your, your higher up. Right. But you kind of know him, and you kind of have to listen to him. Kind of kind of militant. Kind yeah. Of but then again, you kind of somewhat heard of the history between them. And, and you, you get, like, a think, nugget of, like, right. should you trust this yes. man? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So... The game doesn't only allow you to make decisions. It kind of keeps it a mystery. And you hope that you make the right decision. And you get to watch your decisions out, you know, the outcome of it. So in this gameplay, they made a decision to help this one guy. You know, they trusted him. It turns out, shouldn't have done that. Everybody's dead now. Uh So then they're like, no, I don't trust this guy. Well, it turns out then your own commanders (laughs) turned... He's See, the one who double crossed. I love and like, that, and it's like holy shit, and it doesn't. It's you're always on the end of your seat. I love that in games. That's yeah. so good because like it genuinely makes you feel bad about your decision, right? And like that makes you want to do that second playthrough, so you can be yeah. like, all right, so what happens if I do this? Uh-huh. Those are the best kinds of games because right. that gives them playability. Yeah, like you're not just gonna play it once, put it down, and be like, all right, there was and my sixty dollars. Yeah, and that's what I think they struggled with with the first Dying Light because. No, absolutely. Was, That's my next running, point, right. too. It was running hot, you know, and then the first DLC came out. Well, then they kind of ran out of ideas, and people stopped playing it. Um, they were people still interested with the Bozak Horde doing speed mm-hmm. runs and stuff. That stayed popular to well after the game, you know, came out. Um, but it'd be nice to see some more play, uh, playability, especially with the decisions you can make. It lets them kind of... That's more work. You know what I mean? No, yeah. So that brings me to my next point. This game is supposed to have more narrative and more serious gameplay than the first one. So this one is going to be more, a little bit more story driven. Obviously, like with a map four times bigger, you're going to still have a big open world. You can go mess around, do what you want to do, but it'll have that story for you to do. So you'll have like an active mission. And some of it's timed, like, you know, you got to get there before the city floods right. or something like that. So you still have that pressure that you felt in the first game. So another thing to go along with that, with like the whole decisions thing, mm-hmm. changing the game. Um, even the uh, the game producer said in each playthrough, quote, players will lose at least 25% of content due to choices. So literally yeah. any given playthrough you do, you won't be able to access a quarter of it. So you right. will have to play the game again if you want to see that content. Yeah, and that's going to be something I think that's going to blow up. That's going to make yeah. the game blow up. I mean, you're going to see stuff on YouTube all the time. It's like, oh, I did this. You know, this is going to happen. There's right. going to be a community around. It's going to take a while to get the game fully explored. And that's yeah. good. That's great because that like will give like this it's game It's going to give it a longer life. Right. Yeah. 
And the longer a game stays popular, the more DLC you can get. Absolutely. And it's going to be nice to see that. Now, that being said, with uh, Dying Light 2, I know we probably don't have a lot of notes on it, but um, no. Dead Island 2. It's a oh, game yeah. that's been in development for hell forever. forever. And they're still working on it. It's bounced around. Um, it's on some other small studio within Deep Silver. Yeah. It's one of their off, this, another their studio they studios. own. Right. Um, their child studios. But there's a good, here, I have a good question though. With all the different innovations that Dying Light had and having Dying Light 2 coming out, do we need a Dead Island 2 at this point? I really don't think so. I think Riptide really like tied it off pretty well. Um, I don't, if we had more details on it to see what they wanted to do, like not, not like a full story on like what they're doing, but just like Mm. a short little synopsis on where it's taking place, when it's taking place, what like is the reason for the game, right? A plot point. Like then we can really see. Right. It's just not Hanoi all over again. Right. And honestly, even Riptide gave us a little, it, it felt a little rehashed. It did. Now, the one thing I, I like about the Dead Island series, more so than the Dying Light series, hmm. was the weapon customizations. Yes. Because absolutely. it was unique to whatever weapon you had in your hand. Now, if that weapon just had to be of a certain type. Yeah. Now, in Dying Light, you had to have a weapon, and no matter really what kind of mod level you put on it, like if you put a lower level version of a fire mod or a high-level version of a fire mod, they both look the same. Right. That's what I did. But in like. Dead Island, you could tell the difference by looking at, like... Right. You can, have, you can have a, a, a blunt modification, but then you can have one of a higher level. It's going to look different on the same, you know, weapon you use it on. I, I noti- More notably, like in Dead Island Riptide, you, you got that skull on a stick. Yes, I know exactly. And you put about. the different mods on it, it either had nails coming out of its head or spikes, or it was on fire, right. or shooting fire out of its eyes. There's all a bunch like, of different stuff that did the same thing, but on a different level, it looked different. And that's that's the thing in most video games now. Like, grow, like growing up with video games, like, you'd be excited if you put a weapon on, and it just showed differently. Yeah. But, like, now we're to the point where cosmetics make a huge difference. Like, right. we're playing these games, we're paying this money, and, like, we have these 4K TVs and everything else. Right. We want to see these beautiful graphics we want to see like these different like just what these little touches you can add not just rehashing the same thing like okay here's a great sword here's a broadsword here's right uh like a holy sword like but like they're all looking the same just with like a different color scheme or something like that like like a different yeah we don't want that and you know it's kind of like a tolerance thing we we our tolerance has grown we want more immersion you know we just constantly want more but that's something i hope they fix in dying light too where the different weapons, because I miss that. I miss going back in, in Dead Island and finding a weapon that's kind of difficult to find, like the skull on a stick yeah. or whatever, the skull mace you want to call it, um, and applying different rare blueprints to it and seeing what it looks like. Yeah. Like, because you can have, uh, I can't remember the names of the actual modifications, but say it does fire damage, you know, but then this one, it's a rare blueprint, it still does the same fire damage, but it looks completely different. Right. Like one, the head would be on fire, or one, you'd be shooting fire out of its eyeballs. <laughs> like it was, it, it was different, and it was always a surprise. You'd be running through a game and doing something timed and doing something real quick, and it's like, holy shit, where the fuck did I get the skull that has the fire right. coming out of its eyeballs? So, just to give you a little bit of like uh, a little bright patch and dying light too. The Techland team was assisted by some of the writers of The Witcher 3. Oh, so nice. that just shows, like, they're, they're, they are trying to put more yeah. effort into the story writing in yeah, this game. Most and definitely. more narrative. So that's great to know. I mean, obviously, we'll see the end product when it comes out eventually. Hopefully. But, like, they are trying to put care yeah. into it. And that's probably why it's taking so long. Because I feel like the people who did The Witcher well, 3, well, the, the facts, people who are doing Cyberpunk, right. the people who are doing this game, yeah. they are trying to put that care into it that they want to be a good game. And that's why I feel like it's been pushed and pushed and pushed. Right. And it's nice to see when you see a game that keeps being pushed back like this, especially when it's been pushed back so long, you you don't normally hear news that, hey, they got somebody on this other big AAA game right. to kind of consult them about stuff. You know, they're putting a lot more care and effort into it, even despite it being pushed back for several years. Right. You know, it's kind of nice to see that. So it's a good sign that we're going to see it soon yeah and then the last piece i have um it's just like the names for the zombies 
So newer or newly turned zombies, um, they are called virals. Mm-hmm. They're faster and more yeah, hostile. I remember those. Biters are just the normal zombies. Yep. Like the average just like walking slow, around. Oh, yeah. And then degenerates are the zombies that have been exposed to UV light. That's a new one. Yeah, that's that's, that's the one I want to bring up. Degenerates are the zombies that have been exposed to UV light. That that sounds scary because what especially once you get to the harder levels. Yeah. Uh, on and if they've been exposed to dying UV light, light right. I assume they're not weak to it anymore. Because once you get to the end of Dying Light One, you do a lot of things at night. You yeah. have to, and most of it's in indoors at night. And so you're, you're trapped, you're with, trapped them. with them, and you cannot fight them off. You know. Um, I even have my guys melee maxed out, and I can't fight them off. So you're using that UV light a lot. So if you have something that's already been exposed to UV light, I'm guessing it has a resistance to it. Exactly. That's going to change the game. Yeah. And that's going to make, like, the skyscraper to skyscraper jumping make sense, too. Like, yeah. you're going to have to jump out of there, get to a new place. Can and you imagine hope- that? You're in a skyscraper, and you're running at night from a, from these zombies. Jumping through the sky. Jumping through a window, hoping... There's a building next to you with a broken window. Oh, also, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I mentioned this. Um, so your character's name is Aiden. And uh, to add to that, he's actually infected. Yeah. So he has superhuman abilities due to that. So enhanced strength, enhanced speed. But like, Interesting. I don't know the... if he... Right. So in the first one, I can't remember the character's name. But in the first one, your character is infected. Yeah, that's the whole right. beginning of the story. But like, it didn't but really affect he, the no, gameplay. It didn't. It didn't. At least you didn't get told that your character has these superhuman abilities now. Right. Like, that's going to be interesting to see. So yeah, how so that like, adds to it. Right. So he's probably like your character Aiden is probably like further into the infection where he's starting to feel the effects of it. Because when the virals are first made. They're faster, stronger, yeah. like more wild. So maybe like he has these outbursts, or maybe like that he sounds gets, cool. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Yeah, and I know they're going to have more skill trees, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really all I have for Dying Light. That that was a fair amount of information for Dying Light for what little that we actually have. Yeah. Um, I have to show you that video where they did some gameplay. Yeah. You, you get a lot of information about the game and kind of the direction they're going. Okay. Now, as far as I remember, it's like maybe a year old or so at this point. So, you know, I'm sure it's probably a different game by now. I'm sure. But it's definitely a nice... It shows you what direction they're going in. Um, so for my next game, I have I find it interesting. Um, there's not a whole lot about it, but it's been announced for a little while now. Uh, Digimon Survive. It's a survival RPG, no release date in sight. I was a fan of the last uh, couple Digimon games. The Cyber Sleuth series was really fun. It was a classic RPG, like kind of like Pokemon, where you had like a couple different uh, partners with you. Turn-by-turn turn attacks, mm. if you like that kind of game, definitely look up Cyber Sleuth and uh, Hacker's Story, last, Hacker's Memory. The last Digimon games I played Rumble Arena. was Rumble <laughs> Arena for the PlayStation 1. Back in, like, 1998. I don't know. It was probably the early 2000s, because I didn't pick it up until it, I had a PlayStation 2. Gotcha. So that's what I was playing it on. <clears throat> I was just kind of going back and playing old games. I never had a chance, because I never had a Sony PlayStation. So... Um, and what, there was another one for the, the Game Boy Advance. There was another Rumble Arena. It was, it was like... Yeah, there was, I think there was three different ones. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but it was like it was basically Rumble Arena where you're fighting right. each other. Right. Yeah, um, but that's pretty much what it was, but you had to collect these little colored balls and you had to get a yeah, no, I played that by the one. end of the time. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so this game <clears throat> is going to... It's played on four different stages. Um... I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. But the stages are drama parts, search action, free action, and free battle. So four parts of the game. It's like it's like interesting. So like I feel like it's a day to day system because it's a survival RPG. Right. So like <clears throat> each day you'll have one like you'll be doing a part. Like okay, the drama parts are story text adventure. Hmm. So. I don't, I don't, ex- that, that, that's the description I got. So I don't know if it's just going to be like, you're choosing what you're doing and just like, it's story text yeah. what's happening. Um, that right there already turns me off. To the I game, know. Honestly, like, yeah, Digimon games, cool and stuff, but I don't know if I care about it that much to do the story text adventure, you know, like a choose your own adventure book. Right. 
I don't know about so that. then, yeah. <laughs> so the next part is search action. Player searches for a way to survive. So yeah. that's searching for food, searching for shelter, like whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't that's, know exactly. That's pretty brutal. Um, the next one is free action, where the player can choose where to go, who to talk to, and um, whatever else in a short period of time. Okay. And then the last one is free battle. The player can. Enter certain areas and train their Digimon and collect items. So, the next I have is just, like, the short story synopsis they gave for the game. Okay. Some students are on a historical trip, part of a spring break camp kind of thing, and they visit a local temple of the, quote, beast gods and find a Koromon. Then hear students screaming. They rush back to find a Digimon attacking a Koromon. Koromon digivolves to Agumon and scares the Digimon away. Then the kids realize that they are in a different world. Interesting. That's pretty. That's a pretty quick. Yeah. So they just kind of get dropped into the world. Right. I mean, that's pretty similar to how the original Digimon started. They were at summer camp, and they just magically got warped to another right. world. So I mean, that I feel like that's usually how Digimon starts. Like these kids just get transported to a world, and they're like, "Okay, I'm here." Right. Now what? We'll see. I want to see where this goes. I'm curious. Because a survival RPG sounds interesting in general. But a Digimon survival RPG. I mean, like, there's been a lot of, like, Digimon RPG games where, like, you have to travel around, feed your Digimon, right, take yeah. care of them, and, like, all this other shit. So, I'm just curious how they're going to tackle it. Especially after, like, the last games being, like, RPG-style games right. where it's just strictly RPG. So, I'm just kind of curious what they're going to do. I was never into the RPG Digimon games. Just the fighting ones that were pretty fun. Yeah. The next one, I just want to bring up a little, one little point. Um, so we know Cyberpunk got pushed again to uh, December 10th due to them just wanting to polish up like some graphics and whatever else, which I don't know what that means because they pushed it back by like what, two weeks? Or, I mean, not two weeks, like a month. Yeah. Like, they have one month to do it. Like, I don't know what they can do in one month. Who knows? Maybe they, you know. I mean, it's any. it could have been any little thing. It could have been a texture on somebody's face or something that wasn't turning out right or some lighting aspect. You know, I mean, when they redid Assassin's Creed, remember all the little bugs they had at first? It made the game a laughing stock. Right. Oh, my God. You know, because they didn't take maybe that extra month to polish the game up. You know what I mean? But um, I, I'm okay with them delaying it. I want to see it to be the best game it can be. You know what I'm up? I do know they are improving on one thing. So they're trying to improve on lip syncing, something that The Witcher 3 struggled with. Okay, yeah. Um, so since it's being made by the same studio as them, they knew they uh, struggled with lip syncing, and in Cyberpunk they want to make sure they improve on it. Well, especially to have a game that's so story-driven. Yeah. I mean, that's there's going to be a lot of talking. And then I just want to point out, um, just recently, because they announced the uh, delay, the producers have been receiving literal death threats. Like, people are that obsessed with this game that they're sending death threats because they delayed it. I mean, Um, I can see that. I just want to say, anybody listening, please don't send people death threats over video games. Don't do that. It's just inappropriate. These people are humans, too. They're, They're literally just doing their jobs. Like, if you don't like it, don't play their games. Like, it's nothing to get that another, mad about. If you send another human being a death threat over a video game, you need to rethink your life. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, not, that's, it's not worth it. You're going to go to jail for just wanting a video game that bad. Yeah, no, that's that's way over the top, not needed. So, PSA. <laughs> PSA. Don't send, don't send people death threats. Yeah, don't do the that. The more you know. Um, Eat your vegetables. Don't send people death threats. Yeah, so another little thing that uh, I picked up. Mortal Kombat 11, um, they're uh, adding three, supposedly three DLC characters, uh, Melina, Rain, and most excitedly, Rambo. Yeah. So that's cool. Rambo uh, will definitely add an interesting thing to the roster, Rambo versus Terminator. Yeah. What's up with, with, it's like Mortal Kombat went back to the 80s. I mean, yeah. You know? I mean, it's always had that They're 80s feel to it. They're reaching back to their roots. Yeah, I mean, it always had that feel to it. With the exception of Mortal Kombat uh, X. Yeah. It didn't have that real classic vibe to Mortal it. Mortal Kombat but X was like 
uh, Jason X. <laughs> they, yeah, it's just not canon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I haven't really played any of the new Mortal Kombat. I have not played, I haven't any, played any of it at all. I haven't seen <clears throat> too much gameplay. I've seen the announcements for like the Terminator, Robocop. Right. And, I remember watching those. And Rambo. So I've seen those. Um, but I heard a lot about Melina. There was before they even announced Rambo coming out. There were people thinking that Melina was going to be that DLC character. Yep. But then in a tweet, what's his name? Um, Ed Boon. Yeah, Ed Boon tweeted, um, you know, Melina, that character needs a break. So he's basically saying that he wasn't going to, they weren't yeah. working on it, they weren't thinking about it. You know, then they announced it was Rambo, and people are like, okay, yeah, it wasn't Melina. And right. then he goes and announces that yeah. Melina's coming up next. And then <laughs> it's like with that, I have two things that data miners have found. So the first thing, so like I said earlier, mm -hmm. supposedly three DLC characters. Um, well, data miner was going through the data for the DLC okay. and found four character slots. So then they questioned uh, the producers mm -hmm. nether realm and said, Hey, I see four character slots. Is there going to be another secret character? And they had no comment. So there is a, possibility for a secret character they have yet to announce and there's not even speculation on who it could be because we there, there's no idea out of how out of all the so or all the mortal Kombat characters and then not only that like not only mortal Kombat characters but they're adding whoever they want at this point so it's like who it could be it could be anybody it couldn't yeah. be like it not even necessarily a fan favorite it could be some Dale obscure <laughs> It could be some obscure character from an old Mortal Kombat game. That they thought like, about remember when they brought back Quake? Yeah. He was in one game. Exactly. And that's what they're probably... What are they going to do? Bring meat back? <laughs> oh, that's awful. That would be great to see in 3D, specials. though. That would oh. be great to see in 3D. It'd be so gnarly. And then the other thing that uh, data miners have found is there might be a secret reptile or noob fight. Yeah. Uh, like... Mortal Kombat 2, where you got to fight Reptile. Yeah. Um, so that might be interesting. Like, that's a kind of cool little, little, little nugget. To it, yeah. Little nuggy nug. Um, that's that's all I had for that tidbit. Um, the next thing I wanted to go into was uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I have a couple more things on them that, I, that they've uh, talked about. All right. We talked a lot about this game already. So. Yeah. So it's just a couple more things. Uh, New Zombies Mode Onslaught okay. is only going to be available for the first year to PS4 and PS5 players, not for wow. any other system. What's up with that? Because the, uh, I guess they're just exclusive for PlayStation. Like, the game is going to come out for every console, right? but for that first year, only they can play it. Interesting. So, PlayStation, doing that. Sony fans, PlayStation fans have the edge on that. So, for the first year, they're going to play it. And then, um, once it releases to everyone else, they're going to have that knowledge it, and edge. It's, I'm already super interested, but I have no idea what the hell the onslaught is. What's um, the difference between that and regular zombies? So, let me tell you, sir. I have information. Let me just set you up. Let me tell you something. <laughs> um, so, onslaught. Two-player horde mode within a dark aether orb. The orb changes charges as you get kills. Upon being charged, it moves, and you need to move with it because you'll take additional damage outside of the orb. So, like setting up shop and like you know having one area not really an option. Yeah. Because the more you kill, the more it's going to charge it's and then move. move. It can take place on any multiplayer map, and it uses your multiplayer loadouts. You know that sounds pretty similar to the alien one we were talking about yeah. before. Because you had those designated areas where you had to move. I right. think that sounds like they're kind of taking that concept to a different... Um, and then, so, zombies will attack in surges. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be, like, more advanced, like, lieutenant, I guess, uh, zombies that you're going to have to fight as Just well. like the alien one. And Dude, then... That's awesome that they're taking aspects of that. And then, as far as we know right now, like, they, they don't really have any, like, ending information to it. Mm. Um you just fight until you die and then you'll earn rewards that can be used in both zombies and multiplayer. Okay. So that's what I got on it. It that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. That'll definitely get me interested in zombies. Like, yeah, it was fun for a little bit. You know, people got super competitive. It was fun to watch how, you know, good people got at it, but it just kind of got re repetitive. They kept putting yeah. zombies. It was the same thing or they tried to tweak it and it sucked. You know, yeah. uh, this one actually sounds interesting. Um, 
So a uh, quick little note that I just saw the other day, like uh, a couple days ago, Far Cry 6. Did you hear about it getting uh, delayed? No. Far Cry 6 has now been delayed along with um, Cyberpunk and uh, a couple other games, obviously, um, due to COVID issues. Um, they're delayed until at least April of next year, and it could be delayed all the way into 2022. Wow. Yeah. So Far Cry 6 is pushed back. I mean, you could almost say definitely at this point, depending on what happens. Um, That was just a little tidbit I saw the other day. Yeah. I mean, that's... Hopefully they don't get any death threats. Because that's that's pretty further than cyberpunk. (laughs) Right. Just say. Well, cyberpunk, it's like every other day. It's a cult following. Yeah. It's every other day you hear something about cyberpunk. Right. It's either, oh, yeah, it's doing really well. He can't wait. Oh, yeah. Never mind. We're moving it. Right. Um... (laughs) The next bit I have to go along with Dying Light 2 is something for the current Dying Light. Um, they're currently having a uh, crossover event with uh, Left 4 Dead 2. So Left 4 Dead 2 fans, that's us, obviously, if there's <laughs> anybody else out there. Um, they're having a crossover with Bill from Left 4 Dead 2 and Noam Chomsky. If uh, you recall Noam Chomsky, there was a uh, trophy slash achievement where you had to carry Noam Chomsky with you for the entirety mm. of the level and keep him with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I distinctly I remember, remember getting that achievement. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember <laughs> we had a hell of a time doing that. Um, I raged. Remember Double Hunters? Yeah. In the alleyway? Yeah. Double Hunters at the end? Jesus um, Christ. I love no, that. No, who's Bill? The old guy. Old Army vet, I think. He was from Left 4 Dead 1. You said he was from Left 4 Dead 2. Was he? I thought he was from no, 2. No, he, he was from 1. It was um, Bill, Lewis, Francis, and Zoe in the first one. Mm. Oh, yeah. He, he had a cameo in yeah. the DLC. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he had cameos in the DLC for Left 4 Dead 2. I thought he died. I don't know. One I don't remember. Died. Dude, I hardly remember Left 4 Dead 1. I played Left 4 Dead 2 that much. I know. <laughs> remember when Left 4 Dead 2 like came out? We we gamed for a long time. Like we, we pulled all nighters and like, not only did we do that, we went to the midnight release of this. Yeah. It was just me, you and like two other people. It was great. Picking this up. And they were just like, I still there. remember how exciting that was. Like, yeah. It was and then we such... played it all night. Yeah. No, it was great. Um, well, please release left for dead three. For and we, had to go to, we had, we had to go to school next morning and then we just came back home and we played for 16 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> so the last thing i have on games um i'll let you take the reins for a little bit here is uh for borderlands 3 designer cut um so the first thing on designer cut is the new skill trees for the characters um i know you have some information on that so why yeah. don't you give it to us I- i've been pretty anxious to see what all the skill trees are I-, I put a lot of concentration and stuff into my builds uh, as far as their skills go so I got all the different skill trees. We're going we're gonna to start with Zane. His new skill tree is called the Professional. Uh, the skill is the Mantis Shoulder Cannon. Um, so I haven't actually heard too much about the Shoulder Cannon other than the fact that it can snipe. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, I mean, sniping on a Shoulder Cannon. I mean, like, Wilhelm had his own Shoulder Cannon, but right. it was literally a cannon. Right. But a sniper on your shoulder. That's... And, I mean, just imagine pairing that up with your your double, you know, your hologram. You're running around like crazy. You have an automatic shoulder-mounted sniper rifle. And that's my thing. <laughs> like, when you activate your double, will he also have the mantis? I don't know. I haven't heard too much about this yet. Um, because I know because for my it's double. Still, it's still kind of new. People are going through yeah. it. People are kind of looking at builds and seeing what buffs what. Because you know my I, – I main Zane. Yeah. And so, my Zane build is his um, his double and his drone. Right. Which um, a lot of people don't do. A lot of people use his uh, they shield. Use the barrier. I don't like using the barrier personally. Like I, I don't like playing defensively. I yeah. like running. So like with his double and his drone, like I essentially have two people playing right. with me at any given time. It would be crazy if your double does get – the so like cannon. exactly because my double as it stands gets my gun whatever gun right. i'm currently using so he shield, got right? the shoulder mount too like fuck right so i'm gonna have there's a couple of videos i saw pop up um later last night i mean i was up at like one o'clock in the morning doing this <laughs> research so i was like i'm not gonna watch uh 10 minute videos for all four of these guys right um 
but that's going to be something to come more details on that. And we're going to give details of our own builds yep. once we get this DLC rolling here. Um, moving on, um, Moe's, her new skill tree is called Bear Mother. Her skill is Iron Cub. Now, basically, that's just, I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it, um, a small iron bear. They're mutually exclusive, too, so all the buffs and debuffs and everything that you can put on Iron Bear, you can put on Iron Cub. It has to do with that, along with certain anointments that have to do with Iron Bear. Um, what I'm hearing so far about Iron Cub is that it uses a lot less fuel, and so it's out for a long time. Um, some people are comparing it to Flax Pets. It's out so long. Especially the loader bot now, Yeah, we'll get to. Right, we'll get to that, too. But uh, what I see is a lot of people are using, because now you don't have to charge it and aim it, and it can run around free on the map, unlike Iron Bear. Which he a only lot of, can do that when he's going to expire. Right. Um, and that's only a quick dash, so it's yeah. not even, it's not even uh, you know, he doesn't position himself. But Iron Cub can, and a lot of people are equipping, equipping the, uh, the rail guns okay. on this guy. Like and double rail gun? Double rail guns. Ooh. Right. And um, I've seen people just stand back in a corner and watch this thing just melt Wu-Tan. With the, so I don't know if they're probably going to nerf it at some point because that's outrageous. Yeah. To just stand there and just and have, have your, your action skill, your action destroy. skill just destroy an entire raid boss. Yeah. Um, moving on uh, to Amara, which is my main. Um, her new skill tree is Enlightened Force. Her skill is called Phase Flare. This looks amazing. I mean it's like Amara, they gave Amara the force. Yeah. She's just throwing this ball of energy around. You can change its element, of course. Um, this particular skill tree is focusing on cryo damage, which is the one element that I think, other than radiation, that Amara didn't already have in her skill tree. And that's that's saying now she has all natural elements. Like right. she, Any natural element that you can have, she can do. Right, and this, this is and this is my favorite part of this news. Um, you can melee the face flare. Melee the face flare. Wow. Punch the ball. You can punch the ball. And that's going to add to its output and damage. So for everybody who has Amara melee builds, you don't just have to use the face puncher anymore to get some distance right. with that melee damage. you got the face flare now. And you can pretty much exponentially increase the, the damage. And in addition, in, in addition to that, um, one of her skill tree... Skills for enlightenment, enlightened. What is it? Enlightened force. One of the uh, skills in that, um, the ball actually can also heal team members mm -hmm. um, as it bounces like, off them or goes by them. So if you're doing a team kind of thing, if just you're not like soloing, Maya, just like Maya exactly. with her face, her uh, phase heal or whatever. So if called. you're doing like a team build, definitely great for team. Right. All right. Moving on to Flack. Flack. Um, this one I, I have, I think, an unpopular opinion about. <laughs> just just one little thing. But his uh, skill tree is called the Trapper. Uh, the skill is Gravity Snare. Now, when I first saw this, I thought it was a little bit underwhelming because it kind of basically did the same thing that Mara's Phase Grasp did. Yeah, essentially. And we've already seen that in Borderlands 2 anyway, so I was kind of getting tired of it. But well, I think the difference is his gravity snare can get multiple people. Right. I was just going to say that. It can get multiple people in, in where you're on things like, uh, you know, all the different circles of slaughter, whatever you want to call them. All the which will be super too, useful. And a lot of those, like, mobbing enemies, which sometimes Flack does struggle with, depending on your build, it's going to be nice. Um, his new pet is going to be a loader bot uh, with three different forms. I don't understand why a Galactic Hunter would want to befriend a loader bot when he's a robot himself. Because his, his whole aesthetic was like, you know, you had animals who he helped out right. and put robot pieces in to make him more like himself. I mean, I think, I think, um, so a lot of people, this is also are we, are we gonna opinion. Are we going to find out that that loader bot actually is just like Scooter's brain and nobody knew? Right, because I mean, look at Wilhelm. <laughs> like, right? Wilhelm literally turned into a giant loader. Right. But also, like, I think you have to think about, like, unpopular opinion, I liked the pre-sequel yeah. as a game, not, like, as an entry because it left mm -hmm. a lot of open doors. 
but as a game, I liked it. And then, like, you have to think of how Jack treated his loader bounce. Like, they actually right. sounded like they had feelings in the game, and he yeah. just treated them considerably. Yeah, that's something that so I maybe, overlooked. So maybe he picked up a loader bot that he felt bad for, because yeah. they do genuinely have, like, feelings. Yeah, so that's something that, I, I don't know, I'll probably have to get used to that. And knowing myself, I hated it at first, and I'll probably end up <laughs> loving it, because right. Flack was my first playthrough. He was my first. I thought I was going to main him, but Amara was too amazing. Um, but anyway, just like Flax other pets, it has three different forms, um, depending on how far down the tree you go. Um, you have the ion loader, which we all know what that is from Borderlands 2. The bull loader. I know one of Tom's personal favorites. Hate bull loaders. Um, and then at the end of that is a war loader. Now, from what I'm hearing, same goes with, um, Moses iron cub. This new loader bot is extremely overpowered. Uh, a lot of people are saying you don't even need to go past iron or ion loader. Yeah, I've to, heard that. To do massive damage. People are already going through DLC 3 and beating the final boss with that without really having to do much. Um, the basic focus of Flax skill tree, the trapper skill tree, yeah. what I think he was missing, um, really focuses on survivability. Yeah, that's so a huge thing. It's, it's exciting to see that we can kind of fade away from fadeaway yeah um because that kind of play it gets a little boring and it's a lot of different as far as i go the way i play the game it is a lot of different steps you have to do first before you get those high multipliers right um although it does add a different feel to the game it's not really what i wanted yeah flack to be so it's going to be nice i'm going to have to go and rebuild my flack for the third time Yep, that'll be fun. I think it'll get it'll refresh the game again. Yeah, I and think speaking this is nice. of uh, refreshing the game, along with uh, the four new skill trees, we also are going to have a new mode with uh, the designer's uh-huh. cut. Um, it's called the arms race mode. Um, so fun thing for arms race mode, it's going to be narrated by Axton and Salvador, who pe- people have been saying have been cut from the game, and they were curious just what happened. So this is what they've been doing: is they've been doing this. So the release for this is going to be 11.10, just like a lot of games apparently are mm-hmm. releasing 11.10. November is a big month for DLC and games. Um, so, you know, save your money. And there's already people that are streaming this live. I mean, as we're doing recording this right yeah, now. Yeah, there's already a there's Let's already, Play. The first Let's play, play, to be exact. Yeah, and um, there's already people streaming this. I watched some of it. So you get we got to see some dialogue <clears throat> from Axton and Salvador. I didn't want to spoil it, though, because I'd like to play through it and have it be a surprise um so i'll give you like the the boilerplate version of this um arms race is played with one to four vault hunters on a map battling ai enemies so you're not so it is a battle royale is what they're calling it right um but you're not battling each other okay like you're you're on a team and you're battling ai so it's already kind of like um uh what do you call it like the circle of slaughter so it's kind of like that okay But there is a difference. So Battle Royale style, you are avoiding a shrinking storm. Um, you're battling AI enemies, and you're winning by taking down a big boss. So mm-hmm. it's like a mixture of Battle Royale and a Circle of Slaughter. So it's also Battle Royale in the sense that when you drop into this map, you have nothing. You don't have your weapons. That's you what I like about it, man. You don't have your perks. You don't have your guardian rank. You don't even have your action skill. Okay. So that being said, tell me I'm not the only one. In in other games, especially I've done it in Borderlands. I know this for a fact. And Borderlands 3. When you get bored of the game and you're pretty strong level, you take all your equipment off. And you just go through the world and collect equipment as you go and see how far you get before you die. I've never done that, but... <laughs> okay, am I the only crazy one who I does that? I think so. I know I... I'm not, because I know this guy I subscribe to on YouTube. I've seen him do it. Okay? I'm not just the weird one. It's at least me and one other dude. So <laughs> it's two of you. There's two of you <laughs> playing out there doing this shit. No, listen. So in Borderlands 2, I did it. I had a melee build Krieg. So I can take off all my guns and my shields and stuff, and I still had crazy amount of strength see i want them to give um, me a brick back and, and survivability I right i don't need so, any guns <laughs> i've done that with amaro when before they came out with all this new mayhem stuff yeah when i did my second playthrough with amaro i kind of got bored while i was waiting for all this and i would go to electricity and just start and punching have nothing people. and just start punching people and getting guns <laughs> 
And it especially became crazy when they put that legendary, um, they buffed the legendary drop rates. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. it was like, ah, I don't, whatever, I'm just going to get some legendary guns anyway. Fuck bitches, get money. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're going to force there you to won't... do the crazy stuff I yeah. was doing. So there won't be any respawns either. So like you die, okay, you so die. That's like you can get a second wind if your teammates help you. Yeah. But if you die, you're out. You're done. Okay. So that's that, battle royale also style. That was like some of the stuff we saw in Borderlands too. Yeah. Like yeah. Digistruct Peak was a big one. Um, when you die, you just get you get to become a spectator. So that's what I have on it basically. So it sounds interesting, and I I honestly can't wait to play it because yeah. that sounds like a good combination. It sounds like it, that to me. I think that would be fun to do with a couple of different people. Yeah, absolutely. Like me, you, Cody, get online. Oh yeah, and, and at least have three people. You can get a find a fourth person somewhere. I have a little tidbit here. I saw a little bit of gameplay. I, I sent you something on Instagram. A more gameplay for Miles Morales. Okay. I sent you a little video, and it showed off like his um. Into the Spider-Verse costume, which, by the way, it's so cool the way they implemented it. You can tell they used art style from the movie, the way he moves around in that costume specifically. Really? Yeah. But I have a little bit more information. Prowler is going to be a villain in the um, game, which, you know, the connection between Prowler and Miles. Prowler yes. is his uncle, and, yeah. like, that's how he got his spider bite and everything like that. So, if you're not... I didn't actually do any comic research, so I can't give you dates or anything on this one. Um, I'll I'll do some more stuff uh, next episode. But, um, That's interesting. Prowler so is his uncle. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks a lot like when he's especially doing acrobatics. Yeah. Hitting, Doesn't that look it cool? It looks a lot like. Now, here's where I'm kind of concerned about it. Is like, wasn't this supposed to tie into Spider-Man PS4? And if it's loosely. gonna, if it's gonna, is it loosely? I thought it was gonna be in the same universe because at it's the, the end of universe, Spider-Man Four. But this is his story. Okay. So. I don't know. That's kind of takes away from the game, but I don't know. They changed a lot. They're changing a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. They from changed his face. You know, they changed his face. Okay, yeah, no, like they changed his face like a lot. I I don't know. I don't think we talked about that, but yeah, no, the remastered version destroyed his face, and fans hate it, and I hate it. And they it's... they even went as far as to claim it's like, no, we're not trying to make it look like Tom Holland. We're trying to make it look like a more relatable face. It's not relatable. Like, okay. His first face I get that Peter Parker, Peter Parker was ugly. I he wasn't it. even ugly. <laughs> I get it. He was ugly. All right. But you made him look like a fucking Tom Holland and Justin Bieber had a love child. Ugh. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like he, you made him just look like a bratty millennial. Yeah. And it's like that. Why? Why did they have to? Why did you even bother? Was there anybody complaining about it? No. I don't think so. But um, along with Prowler, he's not the main villain in the game, but he is a villain, and I'm sure there will be, like, an emotional connection to it. Right. And, like, there'll, he'll be a big tie-in, kind of, maybe, like, a Taskmaster kind of thing where it's going to mm -hmm. be a tie-in throughout the game. And then the main villain is going to be the Tinkerer. Really? Yeah. So, like okay. like I said, I didn't do any, like, research into the actual Conqueror counterparts into these characters. I know of them, but I don't want to – I don't feel confident enough to actually mm -hmm. talk about them without actually doing research. Um. But I know the Tinker is a formidable foe, and he does have like a lot of gadgets. He enhances already enhanced villains with tech. Um, so it might be like the end game of like Spider Man, where you're facing um, Sil Silver Sable's forces, and oh, they were yeah. like way advanced, and they had all of this stuff that beat your ass. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that was a game changer when I was playing through the game the first time. Yeah, no, they were definitely. I thought hard. I was. I thought I was definitely invincible as Spider-Man. No, and until they... the Sable forces came and started shooting. What are they called? Bolos. Yeah, whatever and I mean. will say, um, as someone who has platinum the game, I beat it on ultimate mode. Yeah, and facing them in ultimate mode, like okay, when I did my first playthrough, I just I did everything I could. I right. literally did everything on the normal mode. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, this is fine. I played it on ultimate mode. I'm like, I'm not fucking around. I'm doing everything <laughs> stealth. I am not fighting these people. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like know. taking them on head on in ultimate mode is the worst. <laughs> there's, there's something. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it but me. But there are a couple of people on YouTube, if you look up Spider-Man PS4 speedruns, there are people who are doing missions of Spider-Man. They've got some crazy moves. Oh, no, like, I've seen them, yeah. Okay, so there's, like, you know, where you get those, uh, like, the camps, the, mm -hmm. the prisoners set up, 
and they have like the different wooden walkways across buildings and stuff. There's this video of this kid just playing this thing. It looks like every single move he's planned out. Oh yeah. Well, no, okay. The millisecond. To, <laughs> I will tell you for a fact, he does have it. I guarantee you he did that mission probably like 10 to 20 times before he figured out everyone's exact movements and the exact way to take them down without notifying anybody else around. And, not, and the not fastest way, the fastest way to get from one enemy to the next enemy to the next enemy right. to the next one. It's not even that though. It was like this guy knew how, knew how the AI was going to react yes. to when something happened. Yep. It was insane. It was like watching- I can tell you that because I played through it that way too. Like I had to relearn everything. Yeah. Like you have to learn what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, what like it literally I I couldn't imagine If I recorded myself playing it, you would be like what the <laughs> fuck? I would hate to see how many spe- times you had to restart worst, a mission. The worst thing too is when you mispress. If you yeah. mispress a button, fuck it up by one second or you miss swinging to the right lamppost yeah and you get found out by the spotlight it's literally yeah. just one millisecond and you're fucked yeah um but that's all i have for games that i uh we had to finish up from last episode we can talk real quick about some movies if you want i have some stuff uh let's talk real quick like because i have one thing for dc so we can throw that in here just uh for dc i have I've heard some rumors, some uh, some rumblings about the Flash movie, which has been in development forever. Um, I personally love Ezra Miller as the Flash. I think he's so quirky and interesting. And despite what most people will say, like, you know, mm-hmm. the flop that was Justice League, I loved him in Justice League. Like, he brought a little bit of a light to it, a little bit of, like, uh, lightheartedness. I've seen, I've seen clips of it. Like, I, yeah. I didn't actually sit through Justice League, but... Um, I got to say, as his Flash and the clips that I've seen, he definitely is quirky. I definitely like his character. Yes. I think that's definitely a good casting. And that's some, that's saying something considering the fact that I don't usually like DC's casting choices. Yeah. Lately. Lately. With that said, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Flash's storyline is going to follow loosely Flashpoint. Where, like, I don't know if it's going to follow the story exactly, but Flashpoint was when he went back in time, saved his mother, mm. and that created a diverging timeline that he had to fix. Like, a lot of things happened in that diverging timeline that just destroyed the world. Like, for example, like, one thing was Batman, um, instead of Thomas and Martha Wayne being killed, Bruce was killed in that alleyway, creating Thomas Wayne as um, Batman, and he was actually, like, a more brutal gun-wielding Batman, and then his mother Martha turned into the Joker. Yeah um that's and, a pretty big deal that that was and then that's also messed up. also the war between aquaman and wonder woman where they're both Wakanda. yeah <laughs> where they were both trying to essentially take over the world um which spoiler uh wonder woman ends up decapitating iron or uh, not iron man <laughs> aquaman <laughs> and winning we both did it. it was a brutal fight and it was amazing but anyways march of the movie then so Ben Affleck's already in it, reprising his role as Batman, which he already has basically said he's done with. Like, um, but why? Like, you I already have another Batman going. Why are you going to do a second one? So that's the point of this movie. Is like Ezra Miller's still the Flash, so they're still using Ben Affleck because they're in the same universe together. And I know, but Ben Affleck's like, Batman is the one who discovered Ezra Miller's Flash. Right, but why are you working on? You have Robert Pattinson's Batman. But they also announced that that Batman's separate. I don't why. I don't, they were trying so hard to set I up think, a whole universe, and I think now they're, they're gonna, flip-flopping characters. I think they're just setting up a different universe. I think they're going to try and like restart it because because of the big flop that Justice League was. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do? Like, there's no salvaging. The movies are already right? made. Yeah, that was the bad universe. We're we're not going yeah. to that one. This is this is 2099. This is where the Justice League was cool. Yeah. So <laughs> Ben Affleck's already in it. Marvel, and then Michael Keaton got announced for it. Michael Keaton's Batman from Batman, and then. Uh, Batman and Robin was the second one, or Batman Forever? I don't remember. I get so confused with the Batmans. But anyways, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's in it. Yeah, one of the best Batman. So his Batman will be in it, and then with that, we're hoping, like you know, those are two big Batman. Mm. We're hoping for a Nolanverse visit. Maybe we'll see Christian Bale retired, and you know whatever but um the know. bigger luck thing getting christian bale to come back as batman i mean he's already signed on with uh marvel so right but he's he already said he doesn't want to go back yeah. to those roles so 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if we can get him, at the end of Dark Knight Rises, we saw him finding his way into the Batcave. Yeah. And we discovered his real first name was Robin. I, I don't... I don't know about that, but um, so we can see him take up the mantle of maybe Robin helping the city. Maybe he takes up the mantle of Nightwing. I think the public's ready or, for Red Hood. Well, actually, I ha- there is a little tidbit <laughs> on that that I have seen, um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I just want to see the live action Red yeah, Hood rated yeah. R. Yeah, hold on. I want to we'll, see that. We'll get to that. Hold on. <laughs> oh my God, my dreams are coming true. Or we'll, we'll see Joseph taking over the Batman moniker. Mm. Um, Batman Beyond. And then maybe we'll get to see more of a story into, if you recall, like the scenes in the Batcave with Ben Affleck's Batman, the uh, the Robin suit that had all the graffiti over it from supposedly. I didn't, I didn't watch any of the Ben Affleck well, Batman. Okay, so they lost. You me got a scene. Got there was a scene in the movie where he's in the Batcave, okay. and you see a Robin suit, and it's got graffiti all over it from the Joker. Mm-hmm. And I forget exactly what it said, but essentially it alludes to the Joker killing, killing Robin. Robin. Right. Okay. And that was like one of his big losses, and you could tell from that okay. scene the gravity that w- it was emanating. So maybe we'll get a little bit more backstory into that. Yeah. And then also, like with that being said, like you know, Jared Leto's Joker is said to be in the Snyder cut. Yeah. So maybe he somehow, you know, because you saw all the tattoos all over right. him, so now, the graffiti on there makes sense. Won't this be crazy if the Snyder cut comes out and it fixes everything? Like, what if this actually just fixing that one movie mm-hmm. makes? The entire thing worth it into its own universe. Yeah. And they're already working on a wrong, the wrong Batman with Robert Pattinson. Like, you just redid the Snyder Cut. Now you're putting Ben Affleck Batman back in. So, I mean... What but, if Snyder fixes everything and Robert Pattinson's like, you know what, it wasn't buff anyway. And the big, issue with that is, the big issue with that is uh, HBO already signed on to have their series with Gotham. That's supposed to be a tie-in to... To Robert Pattinson's, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Batman. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they're they're getting rid of they're retconning the all of yeah. Gotham, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I assume so because Gotham was never connected to anything. They're retconning their shows just like Marvel did. Because um, Gotham was never because like the CW has its own CW verse, the right. Arrowverse. They're all connected, but Gotham never had a part of it. Right. Even Batwoman was in it. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But that being said, I did see something. Uh, season three of Titans. On yeah. HBO, Red Hood. Really? Yeah, they released um, some images of him. I really got to get HBO. I know, right? I got to catch up on that. Uh, I mean, with that said, we have some. I have some Marvel stuff, and then we're uh, John's going to have some Marvel stuff for Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, but we'll cover that next episode. I know this one's going to be a bit of a short episode. Yeah. But uh, we just wanted to finish up the stuff that we had from last episode and throw a little bit else in. We were supposed to have some Love and Thunder news this time around, but. We didn't get the big news I thought we were going to get. It ended up being obvious. Like yeah. We could have. Yeah. Um, no, no shit. I mean, the biggest news that we have, I guess, tying in. We'll, we'll, I don't know. Do you want to save it for a spoiler? About the. No, we'll save it. Yeah, we'll save okay. it. We'll, we'll save it for next time so you can tune in. All right. This has been the Marvelous Misadventures of Tom and John. I'm John. I'm Tom. Stay marvelous.